0: Hello everyone, on this week's Subjectively Correct Sports podcast, we're joined by a special guest, Colt Sawyer, who offers some interesting insight into some interesting medical questions in sports. We also get into something that might interest Anthony a little bit, and that is my favorite player, LeBron James, going to play for his favorite team, the Los Angeles Lakers. All that and more this week on Subjectively Correct Sports.
1: Okay, so I saw this news story today that I thought was rather interesting. Um, they had a plastic surgeon on and he said that nose jobs have increased 30% um, <laughs> this year due to selfies.
0: Uh, well, okay, wait. What? <laughs> how, how are selfies? So people take
1: selfies and they think that their nose looks too big. And so they go in and see this guy and they want to get a nose job to make their nose smaller and so he tried to explain to them hey you know your 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 phone's like a foot away from your face of course it's going to look bigger right and so he'll bring them in and he'll actually do glamour shots with them from five feet away and to show them to try and prove to them you don't need a nose job because it's normal size
0: so, so he's basically like I don't want your money. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But you said how much of an increase in thirty percent? Oh my gosh!
1: And so people would rather have, but that's how important their selfies are. Is their nose has to be like extra small in real life so it looks good in their selfies?
2: Has has President Trump claimed? Uh, responsibility for thirty percent increase in the cosmetics industry market. Oh, God. If he hasn't, he will soon. <laughs> I feel like he should really capitalize on this. Oh, I need to also that- <laughs> also have have has anyone priced out the difference between a nose job, like a, a nose reduction, right, versus an everything else enlargement, so that proportionally <laughs> your nose is smaller, but you just have a bigger forehead, cheeks, eyes, lips. You
1: know? So basically, you look like an alien in real life.
0: But yourself is
2: okay. great in real life, but yeah, on the gram, I mean, yeah, straight fine.
1: Facebook and Instagram, you're like a rock star.
0: Well, welcome to 2018, I guess. <laughs> All right, guys, this is Subjectively Correct Sports. As always, my name is David. I'm here with Anthony and a special guest, Colt Sawyer, joining us on today's show. We're really excited. Um, I guess there's some stuff to talk about in sports. I don't, I don't know what Anthony's or anything you want to talk about in sports that's gone down this week. I can't think of anything though.
2: Yeah, did you see, uh, did you see Puig score on that, on that lazy throw to first
0: over the weekend? Oh my goodness! That reminded me that reminded me of me in like ball when the kids didn't know how to throw, so like the right fielder would like throw it to the center fielder. like, okay, I'm gonna <laughs> run home now. That's what that reminded me of.
2: No, 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 Dodgers talk right now. As much as I'd love to, the the NBA free agency period has started. And it has been as eventful as anyone could have predicted. I don't think anyone could have predicted how eventful it would have been. It has been. Um, and, and the biggest piece, well, as of three hours ago, the, uh, the biggest free agent signing so far was LeBron James, The King, um, what are his other nicknames? The Chosen One, Space Jam 2 Star
0: i don't think that's a nickname yet but go on
2: it's gonna catch on i don't think so it is going to the city of angels that's right the city of angels has a king and his name's lebron james
0: so is he the king of angels now i'm confused besides the point
2: but <laughs> that makes him in lebron a james oh LeBron that's, james. that's a good point no
0: no zlatan <laughs> the zlatan is the god of la <laughs> that's right
2: yeah uh, LeBron is a Los Angeles Lakers, will be as soon as the uh, the moratorium ends, and he can sign his contract on July 6th. And um, it's a fantastic day for Lakers fans, because we've been in the wilderness for five years, and now we're back in the conversation. And so I'm so thankful that the Warriors allowed us 24 hours to celebrate this until... <laughs> they went ahead and signed Boogie Cousins. And that, that <laughs> and we'll, get that in, we'll get to that signing. We'll get to that signing in a minute. But first, let's just talk about the Lakers and what they've done.
0: So what, so, what interests me most about the LeBron signing is, yeah, I think he's he's been doing the one and done. Uh, well, to steal a phrase from college basketball, but he's doing the one-year contracts, which gave him a lot of leverage and a lot of power. But he signed with the Lakers for four years. The fourth year being a, a player option. Yeah. So. I think he knew it was going to be a building process. And so, first of all, LeBron being willing to go into a building situation is interesting to me. But also, the Lakers have so much leverage now. Not only could you come in and live in L.A. and work in L.A. And play basketball for the Lakers organization, but now the best player in the world is on co- – co- he has to be there for three years. That is such a huge bargaining chip that they have now to throw around.
2: Yeah, and I, and I don't think anyone thinks he's going to opt out after that third year. There, there would have to be such turmoil in the locker room because he's moving his family there. His, his oldest kid's about to start high school, right? You don't want to move before your senior year of high school. He has hopes to play in college in the NBA someday. So I, I, I look at this as a four-year deal and possibly until he retires or his son's in the NBA and he wants to join up with him wherever wherever he ends up. So this is definitely a signal to the rest of the league that if you come to L.A., you'll get to play with Braun for the next few years. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, just adding LeBron James to that team um, doesn't really make them a finals contender um, because they're in the Western Conference. They're going to have to go through Houston, who uh, is going to bring back the same team, more or less. Uh, they lost Trevor Ariza in free agency to the Suns, um, but but more so than any other team, they have to go through the Golden State Warriors. Um and so the Lakers, I think, are aware of this. You know, they know they're not going to win this year. And so what they've done is they've handed out a bunch of other one-year contracts. They re-signed Kentavious Caldwell-Pope for a year. They added um, Lance Stevenson. They added Rajon Rondo. They added JaVel McGee. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, This
0: it sounds like you're telling jokes right now, but yeah. those are all legit signings that they've done. And every time every time a Woj bomb would drop on Twitter, I would look at that and say, that can't be real. I had to like double check and make sure it was Woj or Shams reporting it. But every time one of those would come up, I would thought, oh man, Lance Stevenson playing with LeBron in LA. Roger, oh my gosh, it was crazy, Roger Rondo going to LA. And I'm like, man, they're just bringing in all these... Like LeBron enemies from previous years to play with him, and then Javale McGee comes over from the Warriors, and I was like, "That does it! The the Lakers are trolling us."
2: Yeah, if you if you have borderline personality disorder and currently unemployed, just submit an application to the Lakers. They might take a shot on you for one year. Um, This locker room is going to be so fantastic. Uh, it's going to be either fantastically great or fantastically horrible, but I, either way, it's fantastic. I, I really hope that they're in talks with HBO to do a hard knocks series for the NBA and that the Lakers will be the inaugural team. Um, there's just going to be so much to talk about with them. I don't think, like I said, I don't think they're going to win the championship this year, but they set this up, themselves up to um, add another max uh, free agent next offseason. All signs point to that being Kawhi Leonard, unless they seem to trade for him right, and- before then.
0: And And that to me is when it gets interesting. Like this year for the Lakers, isn't that interesting to me? In fact, when I saw that Boogie Cousins went to the Warriors, I thought, you know what, this season's over. Um, Good luck in twenty twenty, everybody. But twenty (laughs) nineteen looks like it's going to the Warriors. Um,
1: Do you you think that Boogie Cousins and Draymond Green can cohes? You know, be
0: together? Do you okay? Honestly, I didn't even think about that, but I mean, there's two strong personalities.
2: Um, I think they can make it work, especially for at least just one season, right? And and Boogie Cousins isn't even going to be back until probably January or February, so he's really going to be playing with the team for like 4 months at the most. Um and whether or not, you know, he stays past this this one year, I don't know. Um but I think at least the the first season they can they can get through it um the big thing with them is going to be health right so they they don't have a deep bench at all so if any one of their starters goes down and um especially before cousins comes back i think they'll be vulnerable i think there's a legitimate possibility they don't have the best record in the west just like they did this year um partly because of they're just not as motivated but they also have players who are somewhat injury prone uh especially seth curry um so yeah We'll see. We'll see how the, the regular season shakes out. But is, assuming everyone's healthy once the postseason comes along, uh, there's really no way to stop them.
0: I don't think so. And, and Except we keep saying that. But then I, I look back at the Western Conference Finals this last year. They were legitimately lucky to get to the finals. The way the Rockets missed 27 three-pointers in a row. I think we brought it up on last week's show or the week – I don't remember the, when we brought it up. But that is – the odds of that happening are astronomically small that the Rockets, that team would miss 27 three-pointers in a row. That's insane. And the fact that Chris Thanks, Paul gets injured, right. right? If that doesn't happen, we're probably talking about very different things happening right now um, throughout the league. But the the Warriors are vulnerable, and the Rockets showed us that. But if Boogie Cousins can gel with this team, if he and Draymond can stop punching people and kicking people in the crotch <laughs> long enough to play basketball, they're going to be a really difficult team to beat next year in the playoffs.
1: They're going to set the record yeah, it, for technical fouls next year.
0: Oh, it, it, before Christmas. Before <laughs> Christmas.
2: And all this, uh, you know, we have to remind ourselves, he's coming back from an Achilles injury. Um, he's likely not going to be 100% at any point next year, and maybe not ever again. Uh, but 70% DeMarcus Cousins is still an upgrade over Chevel McGee.
0: Right? I, well, okay, well, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Just calm down. Be careful. Because I don't know of anybody who would agree with you on that. I, I really feel like the Warriors, I mean, they said a few years ago, we're light years ahead of everybody. And then when LeBron went over to L.A. and I saw how much cap room they had and how much what room they that? were going to have for the next what, – what, what, what?
2: what does that mean, they're light years ahead of everyone? I don't what know. I, Their GM said that. They, no, what they what they have are – they have an incredible amount of luck, first of all. Okay, they have first good drafting. All. They drafted really well. They drafted Steph Curry. They drafted Clay Thompson. They drafted Draymond Green very good drafting okay um but Steph Curry before he was about to get paid has a severe ankle injury deflated his value so he was on a super team-friendly contract there was a salary a cap bump in 2016 which allowed because of Steph's lower contract they were able to bring in Durant with a respectable amount not not a max but and it took him being willing to take less um, Clay's taking less, Draymond's taking less, everyone's taking less. So they've had buy-in from the players. So what is, is that? What makes them light years ahead? Is that their players say, "Okay, we'll take less money"? So other, I don't think like it's like a coaching thing. I don't. I mean, I mean, the scheme have... isn't like that complex. You know, <laughs> they they run a lot of cuts and they shoot open threes. I don't. What does it mean they're light years ahead? They have all the the best players. Each each of their starting five next season is an all-star this season, right? So I don't know.
1: That's my How do you get your players to buy into uh, taking less money? I mean, who, who do you attribute that to?
0: Well, one thing's for sure. Melo's never going to do that. Melo going <laughs> to mellow. But honestly, I feel like there are players that they get to a certain point in their career where they have money. They have endorsement deals. And so the money they make from basketball isn't as important to them. So then they say, okay, I want to look to, to solidify my legacy as a basketball player. So that's when they well, look for the championship. So, so
1: why did uh, George Paul sign with uh, – Paul, Paul George? George, yeah, excuse me, sign with uh, Oklahoma City?
0: You know what? I have no idea. I don't think no, no. he knows. I don't think his agent would quite know. He
2: woke up the next morning asking himself the same question. Right? <laughs> I
0: well. thought it
1: was like fake news. <laughs>
0: So now is the part of the show in July where we talk about football. And I think the only reason we talk about football in July is because... Soccer NF... World Cup? Football. Oh, no, no. I'm talking about American football, like pads and helmets and, and tackling and stuff. You know, the one with the oval-shaped ball that's brownish. They call it the pigskin.
2: The one with the pointy
0: ends? Yeah, the pointy end one. Are we on the same page now? I'm familiar with that. You're familiar with the pointy ball? Mm-hmm don't get it confused with a rugby ball. My dad always described that as a pregnant football because it's round. Anyway, um, so the NFL has released a new rule that I think is going to really change the game, and I also don't know how they're going to enforce it. So the new rule is if an offensive player, um, ball carrier more specifically, if the ball carrier lowers his head, To generate contact, he may be called with an unnecessary roughness penalty. And when I thought about my days playing football, when I thought about all the time playing football, I thought, I wouldn't know how to carry the ball. I wouldn't know when it was appropriate to lower my head. I wouldn't know when it was not appropriate to lower my head. When is it going to be roughing? When is it not going to be roughing? And I also wondered, which referee is going to be the first guy to throw that flag? and say, oh, Cam Newton, you just ran the ball 15 yards, lowered your head on a defensive back, and got an extra two or three yards out of that. No, let's take it all the way back 15 yards, replay the down, because you lowered your head. And because you're big and strong, we're going to penalize you. And because you're playing football the way they've taught you to play football your entire life, we're going to penalize you. So I I honestly don't know what this rule is going to do to the NFL, and I honestly don't think the NFL knows what it's going to do. So help me out here. Someone help me out. Well,
1: I think it's interesting because – this comes right after uh, – I don't know if you guys heard about Brett Favre and his endorsement of that that rule in, uh, in Illinois, that legislation that he wants to make it against the law for anyone under 12 years old to play tackle football. Did I, you guys hear about that? I did
0: hear a little bit about that. I also heard about Brett Favre endorsing like a drop that you put in your eyes that cures cancer and headaches and <laughs> concussions or something. But anyway, yeah, I did hear about that.
1: Anyway, I just think it's interesting that this rule comes out right after that. I mean I just think part of it – I mean I understand you want to protect players because of all the repercussions that CTE causes, etc. Cetera, et cetera, But then you have, what, what does it do to the game? I think people are going to start losing interest in football. I think football is on the decline in America.
0: And you think because it's changing so much that, that I mean, defense is already so hard to play already. You right. Know, defensive backs, I played defensive back in high school, and the things that I did in high school to get position to disrupt routes and things like that would be a penalty every time the NFL now, it seems like. And so now – the ball carrier can't carry the ball the way football players have been carrying the ball since the beginning of football. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But, Cole, you honestly feel like this is going to make football more like, less watchable?
1: I do. I think that the football is not. There's so many rules that people are just going to get tired of, of watching it. And I think you see it's interesting to see the ebb and flow of professional sports because you have the NFL was so high and then the ratings are starting to drop off. I mean, you can relate that to, you know, the the players kneeling. You can say it's because of all the rules. You know, maybe it's all of these things. Um, but then you have soccer in America that's that's becoming huge. I mean, we're going host to host the World Cup here in a few years. So I just think that professional sports is changing, whether it's football, baseball. It's just different.
0: And I think that's an interesting point because football, the rules are changing all the time. I still can't tell you what a catch is. I still can't legitimately tell <laughs> you...
1: Well, it changes, just like you said, from year to year. It's different.
0: Exactly. But basketball has been consistent. I don't remember any major rule changes for the last little while in basketball. I mean, they took away hand-checking and things like that. But the flow of the game is basically the same. And I feel like with this lowering your head rule as a ball carrier, I feel like offensive players, when that starts getting called this season, are going to have to alter the way they run and the way they play. And for guys like Le'Veon Bell, who aren't looking to make contact, who are more shifty, it's not going to change him very much. But other more power running backs, Ezekiel um, Elliott, and guys like that, I mean, what are they going to do when they come through the line and they come across a linebacker? I mean, their entire life, they've been lowering their head to initiate contact and get that extra yard. Now what are they going to do? Stand up straight and get lit up?
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like when you have to hire an attorney to be on the sideline to help you interpret the rule book, it's gone a little far. Yeah. And the, the worst thing about watching a football game is the reviews, the challenges... It oh, just, yeah! It totally takes you out of the game, and it's crazy because we can see what happened within like five seconds. The first replay, we're like, oh, okay, yeah, he dropped the ball. Yeah, the ball made contact with the ground. But it takes like another two and a half minutes for the referees to come back and say it wasn't a catch. Or sometimes they come back and they say it was a catch. So the fan experience is uh, is severely impaired, I think, by all of these rule changes. And and these challenges to the rules and it, it's just it's just not good for the game. the Baseball has a pace of play problem, right? It feels a little slow at times. Um, but at least their their reviews, from, from what I've seen so far, I mean it's fairly quick. And they've got someone in New York who just says, "Yeah, was out or he's safe or whatever." Um, and in football, it can. I mean, you can spend five minutes on a challenge, and it's just uh, it's. And I don't know if this is going to be a challengeable play or not. Um, but I feel like it's going to be the type of thing that, you know, once it starts altering games, people are just going to have a fit and it's going to, it's going to mess up gambling, right? Gamblers. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. The first time someone start,
0: loses money on this, the oh yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, so, so I just think simplify the rules. If, if it's so dangerous, I mean, maybe there needs to be something changed about the game itself, but I don't think like these little rules that may may help i I don't even know is there any benefit to doing it like is there a benefit to being straight up as opposed to a little hunched over um and what if you're what if you're trying to initiate contact with your shoulder and someone just slides in front of you and your helmet's the thing that hits first right is that a penalty
0: right this rule is going to be so difficult to enforce it's going to be almost impossible if you ask me and uh like you said the rules changes are going on so often who knows what it is to play football anymore um, I mean, you hear that all the time from guys. Guys are like, oh, that's not football. That's not football. But with the um, continuing research on CTE and stuff and the settlements that the NFL has had to pay out to former players and stuff like that. I mean, do you remember the Russell Westbrook game um, where he uh, – No, not Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson. Uh, sorry, we were talking about basketball, so I had basketball <laughs> on the brain. But Russell Wilson goes out of the game uh, for the concussion protocol. He got hit real hard. Looks at, a, looks at the team doctor and says, I'm fine. I'm going back in. And then he runs off and goes back in the game. And he was pretty clearly concussed. I mean, all these things going on and the NFL is trying to protect that image. Like, okay, no, no, we're a safe sport. We're a safe sport. Your kids can play football. When in reality, they're playing an inherently dangerous game. Right. So you're trying to take a dangerous game and make it less dangerous. Well, then it's not the same game. That's like, you know, giving a gladiator a nerf sword. <laughs> also, it made me think of the pace of play thing. Um, football has generated this amazing myth about its pace of play. There is so little action in football, but we tolerate it. And I don't know why. I mean, between every play, there's a 40-second clock or a 25-second clock of dead space where nothing is going on. But for some reason, we tolerate that. But then we want a pitch count in baseball. So I don't know how football did it, but football has created this amazing myth of constant action when in reality... There's a stoppage of play every five seconds.
1: Yeah, they they show replays though, you know. So like you get to watch the same play like three times in a row. So I mean, I think.
0: So, so you're saying, Cole, it's more in the it's more in the production. So yeah, it's more like in the way we're viewing it rather than the game itself. Because right. I, I mean, poor baseball. The only thing it can do is show the last interesting play that happened, and that could have been that could have <laughs> been five innings ago. <laughs> All right, we just did a much better show off air than we normally do on air. So we're going to try to recreate what we just talked about because it was fascinating to, uh, uh, to us. So Colt is a nurse. He's been working in the medical field for how long?
1: Mm, six years or so.
0: Six years. And uh, he went to a conference and got some really cool insight into health in the NFL. So Colt, why don't you tell us about that?
1: Okay, so I currently work, just a little background so you understand why I was at this meeting. I work in a, in a wound clinic, all right? And we use um, skin substitutes to help regrow skin. And so I went to this business meeting, and it was a very kind of intimate setting. There was only probably five or six of us there at this sitting, which was kind of cool because we had this great access to this, this doctor. He's a, he's a researcher, but he's also like a general surgeon. Anyway, He's got all these, I mean, he's, his credentials are longer than my last name. Which is, you know, kind of crazy. But anyway,
0: your last name's not that long, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to bring that up. And, but anyway, this guy, this guy's been working in the field a long time. All right.
1: All right. So he helped do the trials for this drug. Um, it's not really a drug, but it's more of this of uh, stem cells, right? So when these players go to the NFL draft or the combine, and you see these fantastic players in, in college. And they start falling down the draft board. And one of the reasons why is because of this program that he helped develop. And so they'll take blood samples. They'll do EKGs and all these medical tests on these players to be able to determine how long their careers are going to be and how much stress they think their body can handle.
0: So so this program is basically a, a list of um, like ranges where those tests need to come back at in order to show that this player can, with, um, can handle the stress of an NFL career?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Yep um and so one thing he talked about specifically was ligaments like because knees are a big problem for running backs and so he would say he told us that you know they look at the angle this amount of stress that a knee ligament can handle like in college to be successful i believe it was like an angle of like 16 degrees to make a, a good cut to be successful but then you go to the nfl and it goes all the way down to you know 12 or even more 11 for like the emmett smiths and the Barry sanders And and Uh, so that's
0: like making a really sharp cut or changing direction really quickly and really hard.
1: Yeah. And so they they find out what these ligaments can handle. And so these no-name guys, all of a sudden, they're they're going in the top, you know, the first round. So it it was really fascinating to see this. And he also helped develop um, the same program the Department of Defense used it to determine, you know, which soldiers, like the Rangers or the SEALs, which soldiers are going to be able to— to withstand what situations, so that when they go into combat, they already know how their bodies are going to react.
0: That that is all fascinating to me, and I and I just had no idea. And how could you know that that's going on? But yeah. I think I think a lot of times when we're looking at the NFL draft and things like that, it's such an inexact inexact science. I mean, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, most people would say, is the best quarterback of all time. Went in the sixth round you know what i mean mm-hmm. and uh, that's tom brady by the way for neo who didn't know um, aaron rodgers is a better quarterback but we can get into that at another time maybe <laughs> we'll save that for the fall anyway but it's such a it seems like such a lucky thing to get a good football player in the draft but i mean it makes perfect sense that me- the medical field has advanced far enough that you're looking for specific things in these football players right and that makes sense to me
1: yeah that little sign that you see on all their little on their on their Under Armour shirts that you see over their where their where you think their heart would be it's not just a sign. It's actually monitoring their vital signs as they do their um, workouts. They put them through the combine.
0: Oh, that is cool. So, like, when they're doing the vertical, when they're doing the bench, uh-huh. when they're doing the sprint, all that yeah. stuff, they're monitoring their heart rate and all that stuff? Right. And so, so wow, players cool. and
2: agents know this is going to happen, right? So, is, is there oh, any yeah. way they can do their own testing beforehand to identify if... The, if I don't know. I always
1: wonder because there's always that one guy that declines the combine because of yeah, he's hurt. You know what I right. mean? And so, you... you th- think that they would know? So yeah, that's, know. that's what
2: I'm wondering: is if people are intentionally not going because they know they would underperform on that test, and if that would be the smart move for them financially?
0: Um, yeah. And is this a well-known thing? Like, do do players know that they're going to be scrutinized that much by a medical doctor? I think when the
1: when these teams draft these players, they want to know every single thing about them, right? Because they're they're literally investing millions of dollars. Into these people and time, and so teams want to win, you know, now or in the next year or two, and so they're not going to just draft somebody because he ran for twelve hundred yards his sophomore season in college. You know what I mean? Like they want to know everything about you from when you were born to to now, including your health.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And I also know they'll ask you some really awkward questions in the interview process too.
2: <laughs> so what I really want to know, though is can I inject myself with some stem cells from a placenta and, like, become super soldier? Because I'd sign up for that.
1: You'd sign up I'd for that? I'd be you, typing if you, at my keyboard headed... all day,
2: just, ah! Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I,
0: like, I already look like Captain America before the serum, so I know if I got Captain America serum, like, some stem cells in my muscles, I bet I'd look like him afterwards, right? That's how that works, right, Cole?
1: Uh... I don't think there's any hope for you, David. Mm. How much Just does the super buddy.
2: serum cost? That's what I'm asking.
1: I don't know, Anthony. He, he wouldn't tell us, but only professional athletes um, can afford this stuff, right? Like, he flies to their house with vials of this um, product and injects them with it. And it's, it's not a drug, right? Like, it's not HGH or some weird steroid. Like, it basically recruits stem cells.
2: Is it just human, right, human so stem cells, or are we talking about like yak stem cells?
1: No, <laughs> yak yeah, stem. Uh, no, it's so I'll tell you how the, how they get it. So basically, they screen the moms right, and they get all the all of that. And when the baby's born, they'll take the um, Amion and chorion cells from the placenta. And hang with me, Anthony. Hang <laughs> so with it me. It
0: sounds yummy so
2: far. They you just swart me in Latin.
1: <laughs> and. They'll take these cells and the product that we use, they freeze-dry them. They sterilize them and freeze-dry them. And then it can sit in a box on the shelf for like up to five years. And then when we rehydrate them and put them in the wound, it stimulates your own stem cells to grow.
0: So like sea monkeys, but in your body. Kind of, yeah. And it's it's an injection?
1: Well, the newer product is an injection, right? They have it in sheets. Mm -hmm. And now they have what's something else that they use um, from the umbilical cord that they wrap tendons with, like the Achilles tendon tear that Boogie Cousins had. I would almost bet my firstborn that they use this product on his Achilles tendon.
0: So Boogie Cousins has some baby's <laughs> umbilical cord wrapped around his tendon right now.
1: Um, yeah, probably.
0: Boogie
2: Cousins is 98% man, 2% yak. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I had a patient one time that, that we put this product on and he said, no, this comes from like a colored baby. Am I going to grow black skin? <laughs>
2: <laughs> to which you probably responded, "There'd be nothing, there'd be nothing wrong with that, right? <laughs> <You're> right? <laughs> not not said, that there's oh, anything th- wrong with that."
1: I told him yes, and you know just to see the look on his <laughs> face. But but no, it doesn't work like that. So I'll give you an example Science of how amazing. this. Work. How are we doing on time? Are we okay on time?
0: Uh, probably not. <laughs> no. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. So
1: so they take these mice, right? These they've totally wiped out their immune system, right? And they shave. Each side of both mice, like, take a chunk of flesh out of them. And then they sew them together, right? And so now you have two mice sewn together. And then they'll take this product, and they put it on one mouse. And then within a couple weeks, they tested the other wound in the other mouse. And the stem cells had migrated to this other wound. And so with no immune response at all. And so that's why this product is so great. And they can use, you know, because... They can use it on these athletes because there's no immune response. It's different than like an, you're using, taking tissue from somebody else and you're implanting it into yourself or whoever.
0: Right. And normally, in a lot of cases, the body, the, the new body where the organ or the mm-hmm. new material is will reject that as being from somewhere else and attack it, right? That's it can, what you mean by by um, Immune,
1: immune right. response, yeah. And normally they're on these crazy anti-rejection medicines, and, and but there's none of that with this. And so… You know the sports world has discovered this and they're utilizing it, and it's been that's why Tommy John surgery the recovery is nine or ten months rather than two years. You know,
0: right? That's great, and it probably also explains why Adrian Peterson was able to come back so strong from his ACL tear, right? Right. Crazy. So stem cell powered athletes. We thought uh, we thought Big Mac and uh, Sammy Sosa on the juice was bad. <laughs>
2: I say just I say allow it all. Let's go with steroids. Let's let's all eat HGH. <laughs> let's inject ourselves with with grizzly bear stem cells, and um, let's just let's just do this. Let's get weird. Let's get super athletes. Ratings will go through the roof. Any sport, I don't care. You get, the handball championships in Napa, California, are going to be must-watch TV. So legalize <laughs> it all.
0: Let's all get yoked. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for HGHOs. Yeah, the next <laughs> athlete. <laughs> That sounds like Cheerios. Eat it for breakfast. (laughs) That's that's right. Alright, so I know all of you saw this, and I feel like I might be a bad person because when I saw this video, I laughed. And I didn't laugh once. I didn't laugh twice. I watched it several times, and I found more things to laugh at. And it was like Malice in the Palace, except it was the Philippine national basketball team and the Australian national basketball team in a huge brawl at, at the the FIBA World Cup qualifiers. And at one point, a chair was thrown. At one point, the So these, so these one of the two Philippine teams were brawling
2: in the middle of a game?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. so, so one of the uh, players from Australia comes down the lane and like maybe throws a little bit of an elbow, or maybe it was a Philippine guy. I don't remember. I think it was a Philippine player throws a little bit of an elbow in the lane. Um, words were exchanged. Someone gets shoved. And all of a sudden, like, a haymaker comes from somewhere else. And then thon Maker is doing flying kicks from out of the screen into the screen. It looked like an action movie, but really poorly done. And then chairs are flying in one <laughs> spot. And then afterwards, the Philippine national team, you know what they did after the brawl? They took a selfie. Right? <laughs> yeah.
2: So was anyone was anyone seriously hurt? Because when I watched it, I, I couldn't laugh at it because, uh, like, some of the images were, like, an Australian player down on the ground surrounded by ten. uh... T- 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 like ten other people who are kicking and punching him. So I was like, "Oh my goodness, someone, someone severely injured here." But if you tell me no one was severely injured, I'll rewatch
0: it. Okay? So here's the thing: if one of these guys was severely injured, I think I would still laugh, and that's why I think I'm kind of a bad person. <laughs>
2: yeah.